Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest uh, coming to us from Palo Alto, California. She's a three-time team Pac-12 champion, two-time team NCAA champion. Uh, she's an individual NCAA champion, individual Pac-12 champion, uh, member of the U.S. national team, Brooke Forty. Brooke, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. No complaints. I, I know the fires have been uh, a pretty prevalent thing out there in Palo Alto. Um, right now, today, what's it like out there in the Bay Area, um, air quality-wise, and how does that affect you guys' ability to, to swim or go to class or do any of that? Yeah, it's actually a beautiful day here today. So um, we've been lucky the past couple of days. We actually got a little bit of rain. Um, like two or three nights ago and so that helped the air quality a ton um, so we we were out of the water for almost um, seven full days due to the air quality um, but then on this past Tuesday we were able to get back in and we've been on our normal schedule since then nice um, you say so you say normal schedule again everyone's kind of on a different everyone's all over the place with with COVID and with uh each state's different restrictions. What is your, uh, what, what is the normal schedule at Stanford as it stands right now? Yeah, that's, it's kind of a, a um, poorly defined term here as well right now, just because we've got a lot of different groups. We just um, this week have started getting a lot of our team back on campus um, or we're not really on campus, but in the area so that we can train on campus. Um, I've been here since uh, early July, and there's been like a small group of us who've been training since then. Um, so our normal schedule has been, um, you know, pretty close to what we do during the school year, um, and we uh, have had pool access for that. But um, again, that was interrupted by the smoke, and so we were kind of easing back in this week and not quite doing as much as we had been doing. And then we also have a lot of people who you know, this was their first or second practice back this week. Um, and so uh, we're, we're a little bit all over the place, but um, it's just nice to have consistent access to the pool if we want that right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that, that seems like a nice luxury to be able to go to and to certainly, uh, I'm sure, break up the day. Um, if, if you don't know, uh, California has been having having wildfires and there have been lots of issues with um, ash smoke dust going through going through the whole state the whole country um, I know this was on September 10th that a lot of uh, of people swimmers on my end um, from the Bay Area were posting pictures of the sky being completely orange um, Brooke you posted a picture um, with a with with a pretty powerful caption um, could, could you comment on that and just give us a little, little bit of your mindset on, on this happening? For sure. Yeah. Um, that was a little over a week ago that I 
Um, actually, I didn't take the picture. My teammate, Ali Rob, took it and I borrowed it because her picture turned out better than mine. But um, we were at afternoon practice and the, the sky was like completely dark. That picture I posted was taken at like 2.30 p.m. Um, so it was like dark and orange and just felt really, really surreal to be practicing in that. Um, and the air quality that day actually wasn't too bad. So we were able to swim um, because all the, the smoke was trapped up like above the marine layer. Um, so that's why it was causing the sky to turn that weird color. But anyways, um, yeah, climate change is something I've just, I mean, I've always um, been passionate about it, but I think um, recent years at Stanford, I've started to get a lot more involved in um, sustainability committees. I work with the, the Student Athlete Sustainability Committee here, um, and we're making a lot of changes within the athletic department. Um, it's just something I've been learning more and more about and, um, you know, trying to to use what my knowledge to, to do something about it. So um, that really, that practice kind of struck a chord with me, uh, just like how visible the effects um, of climate change are now and we haven't always had that in the past so I felt like it was important to bring people's attention to that and make sure that you know we're we're doing something with these warning signs yeah if if, if you want to see this this full post um, you can visit Brooke on Instagram at Brooke4D that's Brooke number four letter D um, I'm looking at the post right now and I just it, it, it like you like you just said, uh, your post ends with doesn't have to be big, but do something different and vote. Um, you know, I think we're seeing huge initi- initiatives right now with with social uh, injustice, social unrest, and political unrest to to go and vote, um, like you said. And then also this, you know, the, the climate change is is um, at, certainly at the forefront of people's minds with things like these wildfires happening. Um, is this, you said you've gotten into this recently, um, at Stanford and certainly Stanford, you know, has a history of being at the forefront of, of social, uh, and world change. Um, is this, you know, when you were choosing schools, did this, uh, did, did the allure of Stanford was, was part of it, um, that you could do something different that you could be at the forefront uh, of, of change like this? Um, honestly, no, not really. I, um, you know, I love the, the atmosphere at Stanford where it's kind of, you know, so many people going after so many like big dreams and really trying to make a difference. Um, but I never really, you know, had a specific goal in mind for myself or thought that I would be sort of drawn into, um, anything, you know, world changing like that. Um, I just really wanted to surround myself with those kind of people. Um, But, you know, it's kind of um, hard not to be swept up into some of these, these social movements that are happening right now. Um, You know, not just at Stanford, right? It's like everywhere you go, social media, um, just talking to neighbors, whatever, everybody's, everybody's trying to, I think, make a difference or, um, you know, react in some way to everything that's been going on recently. So, um, I think I'm lucky that my my Stanford community has given me a lot of resources and pathways where I can, um, A, just learn more about these problems and know how to act and B, like share that information in a way that hopefully will will help educate others or inspire them to do something. 
when I saw it, when I saw this post, I certainly appreciated it. And, you know, I think it's important to keep these conversations going and, uh, and, and to, I, I certainly really like the message that's been going around that it doesn't have to be big, but you can do something and it's going to help. It's going to make a change. Um, thank you for your insight on that topic. Uh, I really appreciate it. Let's, let's turn the focus back to the pool. Um, for, for listeners who, who don't really have a lot of knowledge on Brooke 40, she's been swimming at a very elite level since she was an age grouper. She was, I think, how many, how many years were you on the national junior team, Brooke? Uh, I think three, maybe. Yeah. So, so since you were 15, essentially. About, yeah. Um, I, you, you, you. You went on to Stanford um, to become Pac-12 NCAA champion. Uh, you won the 500 free at the 2019 NCAA championships. Um, and uh, I remember seeing a practice, of, a practice video of you from high school uh, on flow swimming. Um, and I think in that practice, you went maybe like a 403, 400 IM in practice. Do you remember this video? I think... It was like a, it wasn't a straight 400 IM. We would do like a IM predictor set where you do like 200s of every stroke. And then my coach had some mysterious formula where he would like <laughs> predict your 400 IM time from that. So I didn't quite go 403 in practice, but it was like my, my add up from my 200s. Okay, nice. Uh, so you're from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you swam for the, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on your club team's name. Lakeside. Lakeside, uh, who's, you know, they, they've produced a lot of great talent throughout the years. Um, tell me about your swimming roots. How did you end up at Lakeside? Yeah, so my mom actually grew up swimming in Louisville, and she swam for Lakeside. Um, and then my older brothers both swam as well. Um, I started out on a different team in Louisville when I was younger, and I wasn't really sure if I wanted to be super committed to swimming. I was doing some other sports, but once I got to um, sixth grade, I think I pretty much knew I was going to be a swimmer. So I switched over. There was just a lot better training group at Lakeside. What other sports were you doing at the time? I did a little bit of everything. Um, I did, I was pretty serious about running. Um, I did track and cross country. I did high jumps. A long jump. Um, I played basketball. I actually played football when I was a lot younger for a little bit. Um, nice. Gymnastics. So yeah, kind of tried out everything. Okay, that's 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 pretty cool. You don't get a lot of swimmers who who are high jumpers and long jumpers. <laughs> uh, do you? I mean, do you still run, or do you still like to do exercise outside of the pool like that? My my running ability has definitely declined. Um, I tried running again when the pools were all shut down, and um, yeah, it's it's not as easy as it used to be. But um, I would like to get back to being enjoying running again once I'm done with swimming. So we'll see. Um, but we do like we incorporate um, like a lot of jumps and stuff in our dry land we do at school, and I actually really like that because it kind of ties in with with my days as a track athlete. Yeah. Uh, again, I think, well, I think, uh, being athletic has certainly has never 
hurt swimmers, um, especially on land. If, if you're able to do it, uh, it seems like a good thing. Um, so, so you go to Lakeside and was that a bit of a, a bit of a shock to your system when you first got into that training group or do you feel like you fit right in pretty well? Um, I would say I fit right in. I mean, at that, at that point I was still pretty young, you know, so it was like swimming with swimming. Um, I was more so just like having fun with friends. Um, but there was a really great training group, um, my year and the year above me. So we had, um, like Asia site, Kennedy Loman, Brooke Bauer, um, you know, like just like a, a really big group of girls my age. And then my brother, I trained with him as well. Cause he's just one grade above me. So, um, it was a really nice group we had. That that's not, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of big names, uh, who've got, who, who went on to swim at division one programs, um, and have lots of success kind of wherever they went. Um, I mean, and, and to have them all in one spot, do you, do you think, wh- when did you said at that point swimming was swimming? Um, was there a point when you got a little more serious or it became a little more serious to you, um, in terms of either your commitment or maybe even the pressure you were feeling to perform? Um, I mean, I'd say like, it wasn't really until high school that I um, thought of of swimming being really anything more than like a means to college, um, you know, because I, I always wanted to swim in college. It's what my brothers did. It's what my mom did. Um, I wanted to have that experience. But um, yeah, it wasn't until high school I started to improve a lot. And I realized, you know, I had a lot more goals for the sport besides just like, you know, getting into a college. So uh was there a certain meet that that happened a certain practice or was that just kind of a a gradual process of you realizing oh maybe there's maybe there are other goals that I have I'd say it was was pretty gradual just as I started to improve and go to bigger meets um I think making the the national junior team was definitely a turning point because um, and anyone that's done it can attest like getting that taste of international competition representing the United States like it makes you hungry for more of that because um, it's so fun and so I think that was definitely a turning point for me. Can let's uh, can you tell me about that first trip with USA and the national junior team um, what trip was it and what what stands out to you about that? Yeah my first trip was um junior worlds in Singapore I'm blanking on what year that was maybe 2015 2015? yeah 2015 um and I mean that's like a it's a pretty big first trip um and I wasn't even like a member of the junior team before that so it's not like I'd ever even been to camp I like hardly even knew what the junior team was um and it was uh, so I qualified at San Antonio Nationals and it was a trip scheduled where you like leave the next week and so it was kind of like a whirlwind like all of a sudden I was like getting taken to team processing and they were like do you have a passport I was like no and so I like had to get an expedited passport and like suddenly a week later I was in Singapore like missing my first week of school um, so it was like kind of a, a shock to my system I think just like so much bigger and more competitive than anything I'd been to. And like, like I said, just showed me a whole other um, side of swimming that I really enjoyed. And um, 
made a ton of good friends like a bunch of my now Stanford teammates were on that trip and we didn't know each other back then so it's kind of fun to look back on. Now heading into that 2015 nationals in San Antonio did you even realize that that was a possibility did your coach know that that was a possibility did he have an or did they have an idea that you might actually make that team? Um, I did not have any idea. I didn't even really know that meet was a thing. Um, my, I remember my goal was to make national select camp. So I think you had to be like top 10 or something for your event or your age group. I don't remember. Um, and so after my, after my race, I, th- I made it in 4am first. Um, I remember I like went back to my dad and I was like, I think I made national select camp. And then my coach Mike came over and he's like, yeah, you also made junior worlds. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's changing subjects a little. Speaking of your dad, um, your dad's also a journalist, Pat Forty. He he writes for Yahoo Sports. Um, Very well respected, super knowledgeable in the swimming community. was it did i i've i've watched him from afar interact um with you know he he, i know your oldest brother swam from mizzou when i also went to mizzou um so i've seen him afar interact with you guys and it seems like he does a very good job of being being a fan uh on one end and then being you know being a professional on the other end what was it like with him being in a sporting family and him being a reporter uh growing up um, I mean, I would say definitely like sports were like the thing of our household. Um, so, you know, I mean, not just swimming, we, t- sports were on the TV all the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's super knowledgeable about swimming. My mom obviously is knowledgeable because she was a swimmer, um, and, you know, all three kids swam. So it was a, a very athletic and swimming focused household. It was it was the topic of, of many our dinner conversations, things like that. Um, he also, my dad and my brother Clayton are very like stats minded. Um, so they both like have, you know, times memorized and like cuts and rankings. They love that stuff. And so it'd be like their after dinner activity would be to like go through the USA swimming database and see like who's ranked where or something like that, which I'm not as much like that, but if that gives you an idea of, of the environment at our house. Yeah. Were growing up, were you a big sports fan? Um, or was that more just by association? Definitely not as much as my dad and brothers. Um, we would watch, I would watch a lot of the Broncos games with them because um, that was the big event was Broncos games on the weekends. But um, definitely not not as like a diehard fan as they are. Yeah. Did, did you, do you think you gained more of an appreciation from the fan side once you started to become more of an elite athlete yourself? Or would you say you're still an elite athlete, but not, not as much of the, uh, on the fan side. Um, hard to say. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, I think I've been 
less of a sports fan since I like came to college just because I haven't really had much time to watch sports and I'm not like exposed to it all the time with it you know at home with my dad um but I mean it's definitely I mean gives you more respect for for the athletes that you're watching for sure once you get to a certain level yeah um so you you obviously um had ascended to you had ascended to a certain level once you got to college um tell me a little bit about the the training that you did at lakeside um and how i guess first of all you were uh taught to swim by an olympian right yeah well leanne witt is her name now fetter was um her name when she was an Olympian she swam at Texas um she was my my very first club coach um and I I honestly do credit her with a lot of I mean a just like teaching me the sport and like um you know teaching me to love it but she was pretty pretty strict for for the age that I was but um I think she like did a good job of like setting up my foundations um for swimming and so just gave me a really good base to work off of um and so so i think that uh, in and of itself kind of speaks to the environment you were able to gain in louisville and then you talked about that training group you had um a- after that junior team trip that first one um w- how do you feel like maybe your training changed and how do you feel like that environment um at lakeside really helped shape you and get you to that level that you were at when you entered college? Yeah, I mean, um, it was, like I said, just uh, we had such a good competitive group at Lakeside, and I was lucky to have um, those other girls who had lofty goals like I did um, in terms of training. And um, I, I always say that I think Lakeside really helped me become an IMer because um, you know, Mike style training, like everybody pretty much trained all four strokes, which I liked, but I also had, um, people to compete with in every stroke. Right. So I, like, I would do backstroke group with Asia and I would train breaststroke with Kennedy. And, um, so I think a lot of that can be attributed to our style of training at Lakeside. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about this, you know, I had asked if if the allure of of everything Stanford could offer um, outside of swimming had had been a factor, and you kind of said, "Nah, not so much." Um, what 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 did allure you about Stanford that that made you kind of finally choose there? Um, a lot of things. Um, I mean, this wasn't wasn't the decision maker, but the campus is beautiful. I, on my recruiting trip, just walking around, that was like, how could you find something better than this? I just love it here. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was not feeling like I had to sacrifice anything athletically or academically. Um, like the just the culture here is to excel at both at the same time. Um, and I didn't totally feel like that um, at other schools. I felt like I was going to have to give a little bit in one department or the other. Um, and like every everybody I talked to on the team had such big goals for their life outside of swimming. You know, it wasn't there. They weren't, you know, just 
living and dying by the sport, but they also at the same time were so committed to it and had such, um, such a supportive like swimming atmosphere when they were at practice. Um, the coaches, same deal, were had a really good like holistic picture of, of the athletes' lives. So I think that was um, the biggest factor for me. And so since you've been on campus, how do you feel that this is kind of a big question, but how do you feel you have developed? Um, I guess more so we can, we can start with at outside of the pool. Um, you know, I see that you're a human biology major. Um, you know, you talked about what, what you've found out you've been able to do um, environmentally once you've been at Stanford. So how do you feel like, you know, that, that piece of it um, has helped you develop as a person? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. But um, I think just, I mean, throughout my time at Stanford, I've gotten better at taking advantage of, of a lot of the opportunities here. Um, I, I didn't do a great job of that my freshman and sophomore year, but um, just getting to know faculty, um, using alumni connections to um, really just, you know, meet people and, and learn in ways that um, you can't really do just in the classroom. So um, like an example, I just reached out to an alum over the summer um, and he works at the World Bank and I was actually able to end up like interning with him and helping him with some research, which is um, really cool is related to what I want to end up doing. So um, I think just um, I've definitely grown in like um, being more open to you know, different interests and, and willing to go and try out some different things and like using Stanford connections and opportunities to do that. Yeah. Thank you for taking on that question. I appreciate it. Uh, um, so, so in the pool, you know, you get there and Stanford had just won a team title. Um, you know, they have multiple Olympic champions on their team. Um, as a freshman, was that intimidating to come into? um or 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 exciting or a bit of both yeah i would say it was definitely intimidating swimming wise um i think uh, everyone who came in to stanford like in my class we were all feeling it which was helpful you know um like i think we talked about um before one of our first practices is like, Oh my gosh, are you going to have to swim with Katie Ledecky today? Like, you know, it's, it's an intimidating thing for sure. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I figured out pretty soon, I would say like halfway through my freshman year that, um, I was able to keep up, I guess. And like when I wasn't, that it was okay. And that it was, you know, helping me get better to have that, um, sort of superstar group above me. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I got the opportunity to come film a practice, uh, with, with the Stanford women's team. I'm pretty sure it was the summer of 2018. Um, it was in May and it, you know, the, the afternoon practice you guys had an IM day and, you know, it was Katie, you, Ella Easton, who's an NCAA champion in, in, in the IM events and to fly. Um, you know, I mean, that group was just staggering, uh, at, at how much, at how hard you guys were working and, and, ha and the times you guys were throwing down, um, was, it, 
it certainly blew away my mind. Um, so a, a year in, you know, wh- how, how would you say you, how would you say you grew and how did you feel differently? Um, I'm guessing that intimidation factor had, had left pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was definitely, you know, I couldn't say like a moment that it happened, but there was maybe a, a gradual transition to where I um, was stopped trying to just like chase after, you know, like Ella, Katie and them, like whatever, whoever our, our top group was at the time um, and, and started actually trying to to race them and, you know, leave my lane and stuff like that. Um, so I would say that was, that was big progress for me and just like having the self-confidence to say like, you know, I belong with this training group and like, it's, it's a good thing to be a little bit behind them and be chasing after them. Um, yeah. I mean, you just mentioned self-confidence and I think again, training in a group like that, I'm guessing that would be pretty huge. Um, I, obviously there's probably not one person you can attribute that, you know, to building that self-confidence to maybe besides yourself, but how, how were you, um, what, what were one or two ways you were, that were really helpful to you to build that self-confidence in order to say, Hey, I can hang with these guys. I can lead my lane. Um, I can do the best I can in practice. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it was just, um, was gradual seeing myself improve like literally just just the times you know seeing like okay I'm only one second behind them like I can I can keep up with them this time stuff like that um but a lot of it also just came from our team environment um and just like having everyone be so supportive you know and like um that that superstar group like they were encouraging me to to race them Ella was always great about that you know she was she would challenge me during sets and and tell me to race with her, which I really appreciated. Um, And the coaches as well, you know, just um, making sure to keep pushing me if I'm getting stagnant. Yeah. Um, So jumping ahead to uh, your sophomore year, um, heading into NCAAs, uh, how are you feeling going into that meet? Um, I mean, you guys had had a successful Pac-12s. I'm get you know you won the team the team won at Pac-12s um, heading into NCAA's in 2019. Um, how are you feeling about that meet? Um, trying to remember. I think. Oh yeah, we had finals week during NCAA's, so honestly, I was pretty stressed. Just I think I was. <laughs> pretty much only focusing on my my human biology exams I had to take um and then the meet would come after that but yeah I I mostly remember being very stressed before that that's intense yeah (laughs) Um, wow okay so so you um again you were you were part of the 800 free relay um you famously swam a 250 on the anchor leg of that relay um but you guys still won by a very sound margin. Um, and the next night you come back and you, I, you know, I think maybe even surprise yourself and win the 500 free title. Um, how did you, how are you approaching those races, especially considering that you had finals? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, both of those things were, were kind of surprises, obviously didn't plan the extra 50. Um, but the, the 800 free relay is like my favorite and also the scariest event. Like it's the only relay I pretty much ever do. And so like relays are more pressure for me. I'm not used to doing them that often. Um, but I really, really like doing it. And I was anchoring, which also um, as an underclassman, I felt like was a, a big responsibility. Um, so anyways, I was, yeah, just super nervous and also had taken my three hour exam and then gone straight to the pool to swim that race. So my wow. mind was all over the place, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just, I don't even know what to say about the extra 50. It just happened. Um, and then I kind of had to like, I like shut off my phone afterwards cause I was getting like 500 text messages of people being like, Oh my God. <laughs> So I like shut off my phone that night and just like tried to sleep and then come in with like a fresh, fresh slate for the next day. Um, and yeah, really ended up surprising myself in the 500 as well. I, I my goal going into that meet was to make the A final. Um, and I already was going to have to drop a lot of time to do that. So um, Greg talked to me after my prelim swim or actually right before my final swim. And he was just kind of like putting the bug in my ear. He's like, Hey, like, have you thought about winning this event? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe. Um, so anyways, yeah, it was, it was a super fun race. <laughs> this seems like a trend. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you go into a race, make the world junior team, go into another race, win an NCAA title. <laughs> it uh, doesn't always happen like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's fair. Um, but you know, have, have, do races like that? Um, I mean, it seems like we, we've talked about confidence. You talked about, you know, kind of getting more serious with, with your swimming and goal setting. Once you have races like that, does that really kind of bump into gear or change the mindset of, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I can shoot for this next time as opposed to, as opposed to shooting for this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that's, that's honestly been a challenge for me because I think I historically, like you kind of mentioned, have done well in those, those settings where I don't have super lofty goals. I'm just swimming to swim and I end up surprising myself. So it's actually been um, a challenge for me to like have to go into races or meets with higher goals for myself and then try and meet those as opposed to just, um, you know, going in with, with lower expectations and, and surprising myself, but, um, it's definitely something I've been working on. Yeah. If you have uh, palpable ways, cool. If not, that's fine too. But, but how, how do you work on that? You know, because I think that is a fine line of, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to perform under no pressure, but then if you give yourself lofty goals, that also comes with a certain amount of pressure from yourself. Um, how have you been able to kind of find that balance? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has just come from, from more experience. Um, and like, as I, as I set new goals and, and try and always make them challenging now, um, just getting used to swimming with that pressure. Um, yeah. And d does that, does that come from practice? Like, like swimming in practice for you or competing at meets for you? Um, you know, I mean, 
big meets like NCAAs or nationals, you know, obviously only come around two, three times a year. Um, how do you build that on a, on a more regular basis? Uh, I mean, I think it, it translates to practice pretty much the same, right? So like you, you have a big improvement and then like your pace times that you need to hit get faster or who you're supposed to be racing in practice suddenly changes to someone faster. Um, and so it's sort of the same thing where you, you end up having higher expectations for yourself in practice as well once you start improving. And so um, I think that's something that's helped me with meets too, is just knowing that, hey, I've been meeting these higher expectations every day in practice. So like it's going to carry over the competition as well. Yeah. So uh, last question just for fun. Um, since you've gotten to Stanford, it, it seems like you've gotten, you know, the, the team is pretty close. You've got, you've got a social core and uh, you guys are able to do a lot of pretty cool things in the Bay Area, around the Bay Area, um, really get into the outdoors, kind of tying what we talked about um, at the beginning. Um, how has that been helpful, again, to kind of finding that balance of, of in pool, out of pool, you know, mental stability. Yeah, I am. Uh, I love doing things outdoors. I love exploring. Um, and so we have a really great group of, of girls on the team who like to do that as well. And like the Bay Area is great for that. You have beach, mountains, forest, everything nearby. Um, so we get super busy during school and swim season, just like everyone does. Um, so whenever we have the time, it's really nice just to get away and get a little bit of a breather um and for me i love i love doing that by you know hiking going surfing um camping stuff like that do you do you have a favorite place that you've gone thus far hmm. um i don't know i I've really been trying to get better at surfing. So I've gone down to Santa Cruz a couple times. I got my own wetsuit now, so I just need to get my own board. I've been renting. Um, but that's probably one of my favorite things because it's not too far of a drive. Just drive down to Santa Cruz and surf for the day. Nice. Uh, okay, sorry, I lied. Do we have time for one more question? <laughs> yeah. Um, you can sum it up as, as quickly as you'd like, but... Um, you know, during, during this quarantine period, before you got back to Stanford in July, um, March through July, what, uh, I mean, what, what was your situation like? I know everyone was kind of in a different boat. Did you end up going back home to Louisville? Um, you know, how were you staying in shape? What was that like for you? Yeah, so I um, ended up going back home. I actually brought, um, two teammates, Lauren Pitzer and Katie Draybot with me. They came to Louisville for about two weeks and then they both ended up going home when we realized how long this was going to go on. <laughs> um, so I did online classes from home, um, for the spring quarter. I actually, um, I went to Florida for a little bit. My grandpa lives there and, um, had some pool access there for a few weeks in May. Um, but I was out of the water, like pretty much all of March and April. Um, and then I came back to Louisville in early June, I had a tonsillectomy surgery, and then started swimming again, gradually after that, like through June, and then came back to Stanford in July. Nice. Uh, 
so so to wrap this conversation up moving forward you know you, you like you said you're kind of back into the a new normal schedule at stanford um obviously that's probably fairly fluid um given given our current state of the world um what are you looking forward to in the next couple months you know what do you have any short-term goals um what's what's just kind of your next few months looking like yeah i think you know things are still pretty uncertain with if we're going to compete um even like with the air quality if it's going to be good or not so i think my my main goal is just to be you know enjoy the water time when we have it um take advantage of when we can practice um, and I'm looking forward to just, we just started classes this week. So, um, getting back on a, a normal schedule, I mean, a, a somewhat normal schedule of, of school and swimming. I'm actually looking forward to being busy again, having that structure. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, Brooke, thank you so much for taking the time, especially on your first week of classes. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.